Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. As a Sirius XM and CNN host, I'm known for speaking, but frankly, I read for a living. I need to know what to say, and so I consume over two dozen newspapers and websites daily. I read opposing views and studies and court cases and orders and op-eds just so I can discuss current events on radio and television. But my favorite reading? Books. Old school. And my favorite interviews? are with book authors. Book Club with Michael Smirconish is now in session. Congressman Keith Ellison from Minnesota has written a new book. It's called My Country Tis of Thee, My Faith, My Family, Our Future. The inspiration for the title comes from Aretha Franklin and a song that she sang at the 2009 Obama inauguration, the president being sworn in as the president, as the country's first black president, Keith Ellison, having just been sworn in as the first Muslim in Congress. He was also the first African-American to be nominated to Congress from the great state of Minnesota. Hey, Congressman, nice to have you here. I appreciated your book, which I've read. Thanks, Michael. Love uh, being on today. I did not recognize that we have in common our radio roots. On September 11, I was not yet syndicated, certainly hadn't come to Sirius XM, but I I remember exactly what it felt like that day to be taking calls when we were trying to sort out what had just gone on. Keith Ellison was doing radio in Minnesota on that day. 
You know, it, it was a day that you just will never forget. And no matter what you were doing, you know, you were you were uh, you're going to remember it. And uh, those calls that we took, right, as Americans were wondering what might happen next, you know, will live will live on with me. I don't. Was, I'm sure that you feel the same way. Would you, Mike? Well, you know, I read uh, how you had your reaction initially. You, you talked about it, I'm I'm doing this from memory, but I think you talked about how you just had bought the new sofa. And you were watching the events unfold. I'll never forget what I was doing. I was trying a case at City Hall in Philadelphia, Mm. and the tip staff interrupted us mid-morning and said a plane had just hit hit one of the buildings. And, Congressman, I attributed it to a pilot error or something having to do with air traffic control. You, too, didn't know initially. And then I guess when we both heard about the second plane, then we knew— And court adjourned, and I was asked by my radio station, will you please just come in and answer the phone? I went in there having zero knowledge of al-Qaeda. If you'd asked me about bin Laden, I would have had some faint awareness, but I I couldn't speak intelligently about it, and I've got the tapes that prove it. Well, you know what? Uh, It changed our nation. It has. uh, We're living uh, with the effects of that day right now, appropriately so. Uh, I really hope, particularly as the president gets ready to talk about NSA spying and the reforms that he's talking about, that we we get to the point where we take due regard for our security, as we must. It's our obligation to do so. But also remember that uh, we're a nation of law. We do believe in privacy. We do believe in civil liberty. And these things have got to be balanced, right? You know, in in many ways, you know, the, the, the shock of that day, Cause us to have a reaction, which I hope now, 12 years hence, 13 years hence, we can begin to sort of modulate really what we should be doing and maybe what we shouldn't be doing. Before I read your book, My Country, Tis of Thee, I was thinking, okay, Congressman Ellison is going to be here. I'll probably end up asking him, like I once asked Barney Frank, in his case, do you get tired of being asked about uh, your stature as the first openly gay member of Congress. And I thought, you know, I, I'll bet Keith Ellison gets tired of always being asked about being the only Muslim in Congress. But I read the book, and, you know, the book is all about that, and, and you're embracing that identity and telling the story of how that all came to pass. Yeah, you know, Barney Frank will always be known as the first openly gay member of Congress. Right. But he's also known as the smartest guy particularly on financial matters. He helped guide this country through uh, 2008, the fall of 2008, when we were dealing with TARP and the financial markets freezing. He is regarded as the quickest wit, the smartest guy, the one of the funniest people. And so in the same way, you know, yeah, I'm the first Muslim, and I will always be known as that, And uh, but, it, but hopefully not only that. You know, uh, hopefully we'll be able to, you know, I, I want to do some things about income inequality, wage stagnation, the right to organize, environmental sustainability, you know, you you can't escape who you are and the history that you bring. But, you know, hopefully we're not like chained by history. Hopefully it's just sort of gives some 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 idea of where we're coming from. Uh, you know, Barney in Barney's case, you know, when he uh, first came out, you know, it was a, it was a thing. Now, Mike Michaud, uh comes out from Maine and it's not a thing. Right. You know? What else you got? Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and so and so now, you know, as as more people who are Muslim uh and Hindu for that matter or whatever faith join the United States Congress, hopefully it will cease to be uh, a news event and, and people will really be focusing on, you know, what are you gonna do about getting this economy together, how about these jobs, why what about wage stagnation and middle class drift? Those are the key issues facing our nation. Of course, how we integrate 
uh, uh, Americans of different faiths, different orientations, is an important thing about our identity too, isn't it? I mean, one of the reasons, uh, you know, when we when we say the statute, the Pledge of Allegiance, uh, when we open up Congress every day, we end the Pledge of Allegiance with "and liberty and justice for all." And hope me and you know Barney Frank are hoping are, are bringing new meaning to that thing. All right, that word "all" is that means everybody. There's no exceptions, and so hopefully that's a part of our identity too. America is an open, inclusive place, even given some of our history of uh, of the opposite. In the book, My Country, Tis of Thee, you give us the backstory on your having been sworn in on a Quran. Yeah. And I found it interesting that this is this is not something that Keith Ellison had been thinking and planning, but rather you're on a Somali language TV station and somebody Public says, access. well, you know, Republic access. Right. Well, tell the story. I, I don't want to I don't want to do you uh, wrong by giving no, the short you got version. It right. You got it right. You know, it, it, we were in the midst of the election. We were in the final days of it. And it was tough. You know, even though I'm in a very blue district, I had a very credible independent party candidate who was coming strong. And I had a Republican who was literally trying to make uh, me being a Muslim a, a campaign issue, the campaign issue for him. And so it was by no means a cakewalk, as usually the Democrat in the 5th District is. Uh, and so this guy, late night Somali cable access television, he asked me, are you are you going to swear on the Quran if you win? I said, man, I'm thinking about winning the election. I'm not thinking about what I'm swearing in on. But he asked me, if you can you imagine winning? Yes. If you okay, in your imagination, what are you swearing in on? At that time, I didn't know that the real swearing in it, there's no books involved. It's just the speaker having everyone swear to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States. But there is a ceremonial swearing in, which is important because family are there, press is there, and the speaker's there. And uh, I said, yes, I can imagine myself swearing in on the Quran. So that then set off a series of, of reactions, particularly on the right wing. I'm like, who's watching Somali language cable television late at night? <laughs> Well, apparently, you know, Glenn Beck and, and Dennis Prager were, <laughs> or somebody told him about it, because, boy, it set off a torrent, man, and uh, they were all but, but it was, But, it. Congressman, it was not just any copy of the Koran. You have to tell everybody whose Koran it was. Well, you know, here's the thing. So so it set off this torrent of, of activity, and they were denouncing it. Dennis Prager said that I was as dangerous to America as Osama bin Laden. It was just all kind of hyperbole flying all around. It was crazy. We're getting letters. Members of Congress are being inquired. How do you feel about Ellison swearing in on the Quran? All this stuff. But then I get a handwritten note in our mail amongst a bunch of hate mail. And uh, in this note says, you should swear in on Jefferson's Quran. The reference number is this. You can ask the Library of Congress for it. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I may not come up with good ideas all the time, but I know good one when I see one. I said, this is exactly what we're going to do. The only complication I had is that my mom, who was a devout practicing Catholic and a social worker, had done some great work for a, a Muslim family in Detroit, and they had given her a Quran that had a mother of pearl covering on it, and they wanted, and she wanted me to use that. So I said, okay, Ma, I'll use it. But then when I called her, I said, I don't know if I can use your Quran anymore, Ma, because I got a great I got idea. Jefferson's. <laughs> right, right, right. right. So, so she said, go with Jefferson and put mine in, the, in, the, in your office and um, just set it there so, you know, you can remember. And, uh, and so we, we didn't really tell anybody, but we called the Library of Congress. And on the day of, the fateful day, you know, we kind of knew we had a great idea here. 
And, uh, you know, we walked out, and my whole family was there. We were the first ones to be sworn in by Speaker Pelosi, who, by the way, was the first woman speaker at the time. She leans into me, and she says, boy, you attract a crowd. I said, no, I think they're here for you, Madam Speaker, as the first woman speaker. So we shared a joke there. And she was fabulous, by the way. And uh, then, can, you can, know, I, can I get back to your mom? Yeah. All right. This is Keith Ellison, Congressman Keith Ellison. The book is My Country, Tis of Thee. This is the Book Club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Calling all operatives. From now to March 30th, MGM National Harbor invokes your skills to play Covert Cash, a spy-themed kiosk game series where classified missions, hidden rewards, and daily thrills await. Sign up for MGM Rewards to play and unlock up to $25,000 in hidden free play daily and entries into our grand escape car drawing on March 30th. Visit MGMNationalHarbor.com slash Covert Cash to begin your mission. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. This is Keith Ellison, Congressman Keith Ellison. The book is My Country Tis of Thee. Uh, I think the line is here, Keith. Have some honey baked ham. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> what happened? So, 
Well, you know, my mom is from Natchitoches, Louisiana, right? And to her, food is love and love is food. You know what I mean? It's They're all wound up together, right? And and, and she's uh, uh, from Cane River, Louisiana. And to her, you know, feeding her kids is like an act of pure motherly devotion. And so uh, at Thanksgiving, she offers me this ham, which she's so proud of, and I have to decline because I hadn't told her that I had converted to Islam. Not that I was hiding it, but it just, you know, I knew it was going to be a thing. So I just hadn't gotten around to it yet, and, and, and that is the occasion when I tell her. She's kind of incredulous. She, like, doesn't believe it, and then she starts asking me questions. And, you know, it ends up being a situation where my family's been very accepting uh, of me being a Muslim and my children. And But it, it, at that moment, it was like, you ain't no Muslim. Yeah, I actually am, Mom. You are not a Muslim. What are you talking about? Yeah, Here, eat, eat the ham. Have... <laughs> right, right, right. And, and <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I want to tell people, I don't want to give the whole thing away. You can tell yeah. I read the book and I enjoyed the book. But people yeah. need to know, Keith Ellison was raised as a Catholic schoolboy, yeah. father a physician, yeah. and five boys, four of them are lawyers, and one of them is a doctor. Yep, that's true. Uh, and not and not all reading from the sa- not all not all reading from the same religious uh, hymnal. Wh- which of your brothers is uh, is the Republican? Well, that's my brother Brian. Uh, right. He did vote for Obama, but he also donated to George W. Bush. He uh, and he, but he's always been really, really right by my side as I have, uh, you know, moved through politics. My first race ever. 2002, Brian drove from Detroit 12 hours to help me campaign. I'm sure he didn't like, you know, the Democratic flavor of, you know, what I was doing, but he loves his brother, so he was right there. My brother's a Baptist minister. He's a lawyer, but mostly what he does is is uh, minister to his church, Church of the New Covenant Baptist in Detroit, Michigan, on Puritan Avenue, and that's what he spends 85% of his time doing, but yet, you know, he believes firmly in religious diversity. He believes Firmly in family, so me and my Baptist minister brother are, you know, you know, who I shared a bedroom with for for 18 years, you know, are, are uh, tight as we could possibly be. Hey, Congressman, as a cafeteria Catholic, I yep. particularly appreciated this paragraph. You said, "If I were Jewish, I would probably be a Reformed Jew. If I were Christian, I would be one of those come as you are, non-denominational Christians." Faith is not about my expressing what I believe so that the world can see that I'm faithful. I don't believe in following a strict set of rules to prove my love for God or to prove my faith. And that's pretty much at the outset of a a serious conversation that you then have about your faith, and you talk about what the Quran says and what the Quran doesn't say. I I know so little about the Quran. What I do recognize is how it gets used as, for lack of a better expression, fighting words for those who are enemies of the United States. What's the short version, according to Keith Ellison? Are they manipulating the language that appears in the Quran, or are there aspects of the Quran that you choose as a cafeteria-style person like me not to believe? Well, you know, here's the thing. Um, the, the Quran is, is, a, is, a, is a book, we believe, believe the revealed word of God, but it also says in the Quran some of these things are allegory, some of them are historical. You should, you know, a person of good faith will apply them in the proper way. Now, there are passages about violence in the Quran, as there are in the Bible and in the Torah and in the Bhagavad Gita and every other holy book, but they are couched in terms of the early Muslims being uh, in a defensive posture with the dominant power that was, uh, that was essentially oppressing the people at the time. Uh, 
And so my point, my point is, you know, the Quran needs to be read in context. It needs to be read altogether. It needs, you need to have a historical understanding of what you're reading, and much of it is is to be read aloud because it's there's there's a certain uh, important spiritual message in the sound of it as you're hearing it. Because of course the people who were at that time, 1,400 years ago in the Arabian Desert, were primarily non-literate people. And so, you know, the bottom line is anyone can pluck out a passage, misuse it. And it doesn't mean that those pa- some of those passages are not there, but they ignore everything else, and they use it for a selfish purpose. So I would say that the people who find uh, any basis for violence in the Quran are abusing the text and are completely operating outside the spirit of God. That's what I would say. Uh, but it doesn't mean that you can't find some words strung together that you can use if you want to do something bad to somebody else. I mean, you address this in the book, the, the fact that the 19 on September 11 said to be shouting, Allah Akbar, God is right. great, as they're killing innocent Americans. Right. That, that's, Which, what con- that's what confuses those of us who are non-Muslims. Which is perversion, right? It's it's absolute perversion. But don't ever forget, if you the Ku Klux Klan burns a cross, right? Then and it is a religious symbol in their eyes. So people, here's the lesson: people will exploit religion to advance an evil purpose. Muslims do it. The world over, people do it. And we, as sophisticated people, need to know that it's not the religion; it is abusive, power-hungry murderers who do these things. That's the real story. And so my, from a public policy standpoint, I have always said, hey, look, let's expand friends in the Muslim world and isolate and limit enemies. Let's not make broad brush strokes against the Islamic world, against Muslims in general. Let's not even call these people Muslims. Let's say that these murderers, in fact, are terrorists and killers, which is what they are, and and then we get the vast majority of the Muslim world on our side to to go after these people because you got to remember another thing when you hear about when Al Qaeda has spilled more Muslim blood than any other kind that is very important for people to understand it's not like and 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 so and so you know that that's why in the book that's one reason why I wrote the book because I want uh people to understand that 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 the religion and the is is quite a separate from you know al-Qaeda quite separate well, from some I, of these I, murders I, I tried to pay particular and I'll let you go in a minute cuz I know you've a, a time constraint but I wanted to say this I tried to read that part of the discussion particularly close because a I know very little about it but b because I initially, in the aftermath of September 11, I personally got caught up in the, we need to fight them over there so that we don't have to fight them here. They are fighting us because of our lattes and our gap genes and our record selection. And I've come to recognize it's all about perceptions of American foreign policy on the so-called Arabian Peninsula. That's come to me only after doing a great deal of no justification, obviously, on my part. I, I you know, I, I, I want us to take out anybody uh, who's trying to do evil things to the United States. But I, I guess we many of us bought this in soundbite form for many, yeah. many years. Understandable. If that makes sense. Understandable, and that's why, in part, I wrote the book, too, because I do believe Americans are good, decent, fair people who overcome difficulty. And if people will take a moment to say, here's really, you know, my perspective on this thing, people will take that into consideration, and they'll do what's right accordingly. And so I have uh, I've tried to endeavor to build bridges uh, of understanding. Uh, 
so that people can be connected to each other. And in America, we have we're different colors, different cultures, different faiths, see the world in different regions, but we're all united in a single idea that we want to be of liberty and justice for all. You disagree. And so I you sing disagree. my country tis of thee. I sing it proudly. And it's my nation. You disagree with going into Iraq. You don't like the way in which we went into Afghanistan. Right. We we all, of course, agree and applaud the way the president took down bin Laden. Yeah, yeah. But let me just tell you this. I definitely agree that bin Laden was a serious national security threat, needed to be taken off uh, the scene. Uh, no doubt about that. But I, but I will say this. As we move forward in this war against these terrorists, I think we need to be careful. And the reason why is when a tragic event happens like 9-11, it is reasonable and understandable that we would want to do something about it, do something about it immediately. Yet we've got to be careful that, for example, the NSA spying, that we do not go too far. And in terms of the drone thing, you know, we've got to understand that, you know, we've got to make sure that just because we can take somebody out doesn't mean that's the best way to secure America. We don't want to create enemies where we don't need to. Uh, I think we've got to approach these problems carefully, understanding that collateral damage actually helps the al-Qaeda types because they want the United States to have an, ex- an, 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 an uh, excessive response and hit people who weren't a part of the attack so that they can go to those people and try to recruit them. And so we've got to be careful as we move forward, be legal, be moral, be ethical, and understand that we are the nation that believes in law, we are the nation that believes in justice, and we're not going to let anyone else pull us from those basic principles that we adhere to. The book is called My Country Tis of Thee. Keith Ellison, thanks for being here. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Michael. That's Congressman Keith Ellison. I think it's a it's a credit to Sirius XM that you can do long-form interviews like that because I've never heard him speak so long. He's a talker. He is. Yeah. He had a lot to say. Right. He's very reasonable. He's the Muslim voice that you need to be hearing more of, he I was, think, in he all was, of this. Uh, he was on public radio on September 11, fielding a whole different set of phone calls than the ones I was fielding in Philadelphia on September 11. For sure. And he discusses it in the book, and in the same way, I'll never, well, none of us will ever forget that day. But I'll never forget the program of that day, and he's not going to forget his, and they, they came from very disparate interests uh, because there's such a large Muslim population in the area of Minnesota that he, uh, that he now serves. He wasn't in Congress at the time. So I, too, enjoyed uh, the book and the conversation. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Listen to the Michael Smirconish program weekdays on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 and anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, 
and Judy Woodruff come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.